Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. It's true. We're the hosts, and it is the Fantasy Focus Baseball Thursday, June 13th, 2019. I am Eric. He is Tristan. Joining us today, producer Kyle Soppy, editorial watchdog Tom Carpenter. On today's fine show, at least we hope it's fine, we preview the weekend with pitchers and hitters to watch. A top rookie hurler gets demoted, but it's actually okay. Good and bad news with injuries, common meals, closer carousel, the usual, and myriad hash browns. Tristan, how are you? Getting ready for another big June weekend, I hope? Oh, definitely. But it better be better than today with the rain in the Northeast. By the way, I wanted to ask, uh, off topic, uh, what is the podcast equivalent of homering back-to-back-to-back to start a podcast? <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, we didn't do it, so. <laughs> I don't think we did. I mean, I guess, like, Answering good questions right away. Doing a show every day, maybe. That Three hash nice. browns in a row to start the show, do the show in reverse. We could do that one day. What is there like, you know, like Kyle always puts in the in the show note, like nationals, you know, ridiculousness days. Is there, is there ever like backwards day? Like we should just that, start the sh- Did you look at the list today? No, I Kyle, where did you find anymore. these? There's no way that that's a thing. There's no way I, that it's. approved. These are all official. I, I'm calling no. I, I didn't make them up, and na- actually, you're going to like this one. National Backwards Day is actually my birthday. Oh, now, wow. That makes sense. There you go. <laughs> when is I love that? The, I love that today it's National National Kitchen Klutzes of America Day. Kyle, where did you find that? Oddly specific. Oddly, oddly just And joke. by the way, the, the, the 1920 throwback is a great note, too. You like that? I didn't know this, and that's, wow. The U.S. Post Office says you cannot put your children in the mail this day in 1920. Yeah, I found that. <laughs> I, I had to put it on when I saw that. I'm like, who is mailing their kids? But I guess if you're under 50 pounds, it can be cost effective. Okay, do we owe them wasting Chris Paddock time here? That's what I'm wondering. Are we, are, do we owe do we owe the listeners a hash brown question now as payment for this? Yeah, here, there's a hash brown question. When does the buzz start? The answer now. <laughs> now I might have made up that question. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure. That came from the archives. <laughs> I don't all right, so uh, people went nuts yesterday when the Padres demoted Chris Paddock, and some of our friends actually wrongly stated on Twitter that this is yet another rich organization with a money-saving move, but it's not. Chris Paddock was never going to throw 150 innings anyway, So, and they didn't send him to AAA, and they did that because he's not going to pitch in single-A Lake Elsinore, which I hear is lovely this time of year. This whole Chris Paddock thing is like much ado about nothing. He's basically going to miss one start. And come back in what now will be nine days to start again for the Padres. And they're going to do this again. They're going to do it around the All-Star break. And the Braves are going to do this with Mike Soroka, by the way, because they don't want him throwing too many innings, whatever it is. And they're making up the number of innings, of course. That's the part that bothers me, because I don't know if Paddock can handle 170 innings or only 130. I have no idea. They seem to think they know. But I am not dropping Paddock in my weekly leagues. Basically, I'm benching him for one week. And I'm sure not dropping him in a daily league. He's really, really good. Do you agree? Yes, I would not be cutting him. I do think he will be back. Uh, I, however, am on the side that loads this move with a fiery passion. 
Oh, I really? Think, I think that they should have put him on the DL. At least they get paid through it, but that's a whole different story as to the real game versus the fantasy game. It, it bothers me, and it's going to change in the next uh, collective bargaining. But as for us, you're right. He is not going to be down long. This is the typical innings manipulation, and you're right. It's going to happen with Soroka and a lot of other guys. I wrote about them a couple weeks ago, and I will refresh it very soon. It's it's just something we have to deal with. You knew it if you drafted Paddock. Yeah, I mean, Soroka got lit last night. I bet he gets demoted tomorrow. Like, like I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas Keuchel takes his spot, you know? And yep, I, yep. I see what you're saying about them being paid and all that. I, whatever. I, I'm just like... It, it matters. It matters a lot more than the whatever. That's why I'm... I'm, I'm I think we do need to, to come out of the, on the fact that this, this isn't entirely fair to players, the young players. It's not from a baseball perspective. But fantasy-wise, we, we had to be prepared for this. He was not throwing more than 150, 160 innings. All right. Uh, so Soroka gets hit hard. I, you know, if I have him, I don't drop him. I leave him active. He's probably starting. He's a two-pitch guy, a two-start guy next week. Well, that's not necessarily unless they demote him or DL him. Well, well, Dallas Keuchel's current schedule does align him potentially for the Tuesday game, so they have some options here. You're, you're right that he's he's aligned to do it, but it's the Braves. The Braves are going to turn into the Padres soon. Rest of the season, Soroka or Keuchel? Uh, Sor- oh, Soroka. All right. I definitely say Soroka. Um, briefly here on two other rookie pitchers who started the National League yesterday, Mitch Kellerman. We, I really like him. I think you do too. Yep. But the first in, his two first innings and his two starts have gone so poorly. I bet the Pirates demote him again. I, are we going to get anything out of Keller this season? I mean, there's no way to answer that, right? There isn't. And, you know, we need to be prepared for the fact that not all elite prospects are going to make an immediate impact. And the fact that, as you said, he's doing this early in the outings says to me jitters and just getting adapted to the, the game's most competitive level. So I don't really read too much into this. Yeah, you can fear that maybe he adapts to the majors like Lucas Giolito where it takes well over a calendar year to get there. But I still think there's lots of talent. And I think we might see it this year at some point later. And Miami gave us Jordan Yamamoto, one of the prizes of the Christian Yelich trade, and he shut down the Cardinals. The Cardinals have been pretty bad uh past month or so. But St. Louis fans have nothing to complain about because their team won the Stanley Cup. Congrats to them. And yeah. I wanted that to happen. They've been in existence for like 50-something years, and they've never won the Cup. They haven't even played for the Cup since like 1970, before we were all born. So uh good for them. Yep. Glad that happened. Um, but the Cardinals now are going to get a lot more uh, eyes on them in their community. Anyway, Yamamoto, I don't even know if he's pitching next week. I don't think Caleb Smith is out all that long. But do you know anything? Like, I, I view Yamamoto and maybe even Keller to some degree. Like, you never know what rookie hurlers are going to do, especially when they're not, like, top prospects. Look what happened to Zach Plesak last night. And that, that didn't surprise me one bit. Like, I expected... Major regression on Zach Plesak. He's not a big strikeout guy. He was going to give up home runs, and yesterday he did. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so I'm going to grab on the the Marlins. What do I know about it? Uh, Caleb Smith was another guy who, despite his slightly advanced age compared to a prospect, was on that list of innings cap guys. So I think that has a lot to do with it. They haven't stated anything. The Marlins. I do think Yamamoto probably at this point sticks around after that outing it was good enough that that i think he sticks around uh they do have another spot open because of the elijah hernandez is up uh currently um and in his case though he's more of a change of pace guy i don't think i'm there in terms of adding yamamoto yet are you no i'm not and the overall like thing, thing i'm getting here is and I, maybe you're more angry than i am like baseball teams are going to manipulate players okay like their active roster spots, because that's what they have to do to get through a season. Okay. So you're going to see young pitchers go on the DL or get demoted just because they don't want them throwing. 
Um, you're going to see hitters go on the DL now because it's 10 days and then we're going to be out for two or three. You're going to see those middle relievers that come in to protect starters that get hammered get demoted because it's not fair, but they have to for the roster spots. They need eight relief pitchers or, you know, God forbid something bad will happen to them. So, like, I just don't get angry at this stuff. Like, I'll just put Paddock on my bench. Like, that's how I'm going to view stuff like this. And with Mitch Keller, all right, that's different. He's getting lit up. I still think there's something there. I'm going to try to keep him rostered. Not in a 10-team standard mix, but, you know, points or roto. But, yeah, I'm in a deeper league. Just be a little bit more patient. That's all I want to say. And with these injuries, the same type of thing works. Like, Mike Clevenger's, you know, he's available in so many leagues, and he was a clear top-20 starting pitcher in ESPN drafts. And he's back in mid-June. He's starting Monday. Could be a two-start week. I don't know about an innings limit on him, a pitch count, I mean, on Monday. But, man, Mike Clevenger should not be available in more than, like, 20% 20% of leagues, and he is. And that probably just comes down to the names who were on the IL at the time and teams that were forced into a situation to cut him. But I agree with you. He is one you should have been clinging tightly to as best you could. And I think people probably dropped him because they didn't think he'd come back on this timetable. This is very good news. It is. And I, when I, I do my Thursday column on uh, players to add to fantasy rosters, and I'm looking at who's getting dropped as well, and I just see, you know... It's one thing. You want to drop Caleb Smith? Fine. He's on the injured list. He's not going to win a lot of games anyway. Um, but, like, Carlos Carrasco is on the most dropped list, and, you know, I don't like that. Domingo Herman of the Yankees, same type of thing. Like, Mitch Hanniger, like, he's coming back this month. Uh, we can, like, shy away from what happened to him, but he's still a good player. Hunter Dozier's having a fantastic year. He's probably coming back next week, yep. and he's on the most drop list. Like, people just drop players way too quickly, I think, in ESPN leagues. But I think it's partially the IL rules. I think that that has something to do with it. And if uh, – hey, you know what? Listeners, if, if it's not that, if that's not what's going on, then we're, we're questioning you. And go ahead. Give us some feedback to the contrary. Why are you dropping these guys? I don't um, get it. Maybe Corey Siegel got dropped. Hamstring is going to miss probably a month, I would think. Um, I wrote briefly when I wrote about the Seager injury that he's a little overrated as a fantasy asset. He's going to, he's like a 20 to 25 homer shortstop who knocks in 75 runs, doesn't win a batting title, doesn't steal any bases. That's a good player. There's a lot better player in fantasy like five years ago. Now he gets drowned out by the minions hitting millions of home runs and the fact that shortstop is kind of deep. So my point there is like, Seegers is still a really good player, and three, four years ago we viewed him as a definite top fifty. I don't, I don't view him that way anymore because everybody else is picking up steam. Like, like for example, I don't remember what team it was. It might have been the Phillies or another team. They're on pace for the same home runs they had last year, but it's not enough now because every other team is like seventy five percent more. So Corey, like, you see what I'm saying on Corey Seager? Really good player, but barely top hundred for me now. And durability plays a role in there too. Sure. And I'd agree with you on that. Seeger has disappointed. He did before this injury in the first place. I'm starting to wonder whether he's one of those players who fits the description, and there are always a few, of a better on-field player than a fantasy player. He brings better defense, and the numbers are just not elite for fantasy. And we need to detach ourselves from the name brands that are involved here. And I'm as responsible as anybody for being pro-Seeger. I think he's going to be a great player in time. But is he going to be an MVP caliber one? Maybe not. Maybe he locks in as an annual fifth rounder. That'd be great. That'd be a good career. I suppose he could. I just think when people look closer at the numbers, they're going to see a guy who's good but not great, you know. And, like, I don't know why I ranked him ahead of Adalberto Mondesi, who has stolen more bases than, like, 10 teams already. And, you know, Mondesi's going to go around two next year. I bet Seager goes, like, round seven or eight. So, 
I uh, think we he, ranked him ahead of Mondesi because we we didn't think that his uh, plate approach would result in these kinds of numbers. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new game. A I new know, game, it's crazy. and you can strike out a third of the time and still bat two eighty. Now you can, and I keep keep expecting like major aggression and batting average. Scott Kingery, I don't know if it's coming anymore. I really don't. If you hit the ball hard a lot, and yep. he is, yeah. you can strike out thirty percent of the time and still bat two eighty. So yeah. I don't think Scott Kimmery is going to bat 220 the rest of the year. Cesar Hernandez never hits the ball hard. That's why he's like two for his last 40. <laughs> you got to hit it hard. I bet you were told, though, as a kid trying to play this game yourself, though. I know I was, not to swing from your heels. It feels like now, yeah, you should be doing that. Trying to hit it as hard as you can. If you miss, oh, well, no big deal. I have no power in my softball league, so I hit the ball like the other way. I hit like little line drives over the infielders. I, I you know, I'm that guy. I, but I'm not you're trying. the lefty hitter, so you have everybody doing the shift on you, I'll bet, and you can just dunk it down the left field no, line. They, they know I'm going to hit opposite field now, so now they're playing me. Oh, um, metrics. They've got you. They figured me out. Uh, the analytics. Live read. This is our friends at SeatGeek. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It's as if they're so big, they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if their site is annoying and doesn't have the events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there's a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you are looking for all in one place. An industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. Why is SeatGeek better than the rest? A quick look at the App Store shows more than 50,000 five-star reviews. How's that for customer satisfaction? It's just a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, and it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map, breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced. Every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Now, we all have the SeatGeek app on our phones. It's by far the fastest and easiest way to find tickets. In fact, Tristan and I just used the app to buy tickets to a baseball game, and the experience was certainly an enjoyable one. SeatGeek will give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use the promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFB for $10 off your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off your first purchase. Now, Combo Meals. Hey, it's a Combo Meal. We got six of them since our last show. Gene Segura of the Phillies on Monday. Marcel Ozuna having a nice season on Tuesday, along with Shohei Otani, who can steal double-digit bases if he wants, and I think he wants. Yuli Gurriel did it uh, on Wednesday. Ramon Laureano with the Grand Slam 5-RBI 2-steal game. Don't see that every day. <laughs> and uh, Rowdy Tellez is a big boy, but he still found the time to hit a Grand Slam and steal a base as well. <laughs> it's a fun week of combo mails. It is a fun week. Yeah. Um Otani versus Laureano in a standard mix the rest of the season. Uh, I will go with Otani. I, I, this is a good competitive question, though. But I, I, I really like what Otani brings to the table in terms of the raw power. Uh, he, he hits the ball with great contact. I'm disappointed in the sprint speed, though. Looking at the StatCast sprint speed for Otani, it's disappointingly low. I, and that, that suggests to me that maybe he's just a smart uh, reader of pitchers when he's stealing his bases. You know, Tristan, as I seek affirmation from you on this show, I like when you say, like, I ask good competitive questions, because I feel like that's, like, part of the reason I'm here. I mean, I, I, 
I'm here to read the ads without laughing, but also to ask you competitive questions that you can answer in a proper way and help people win their well, leagues. I'm, gonna, and, I'm wondering whether you take Ariana over Otani there. Who are you taking? I, you know, I'm gonna. I always go with the guy who could steal 20 bases, and there's just not enough guys stealing 20 bases. So yes, I will take Laureano. I think Otani hits more more power, and I think he hits for a better batting average. But Laureano is the Ian Desmond guy. He's the 250 2020 guy, and yes, I will take that. Why I'm curious is, do you not think Otani could steal 20 if he chose to? I think he could. I think yeah. he ends up with like 11. But yeah, I think, and, and I think Laureano is like 16 homers and 22 steals, like. There's something there with Laureano. He recently had a 15-game hitting streak. I think he's starting to figure things out. I don't like that he bats 8th or 7th, but I like him. He does some things that I've explained in the past I love. And Matt Chapman, this is where that pick came from. Uh, Harrison Bader fell into this one, too. And Byron Buxton, why I still believe in him, is that if you have the defense, you will be in the lineup. Even if it is at the bottom, as you said, number 8. Laureano's going to play because of that glove. Right. And Kevin Kiermeyer, who's one of the most under rostered players in ESPN leagues is on his way to a 20 homer, 25 stolen base season. Now he's never going to win a batting title, but he mm-hmm. plays every day when he's not hurt. That's the difference. Laureano, we don't know about durability issues, but I mean, Kevin Kiermaier is really underrated. Yeah. <laughs> really Kiermaier's had some bad luck on the injury front, and I think that's one of the things that's working against him in fantasy, but I'm with you on that. He is a very productive player. I think Kiermaier and Bader are, very similar types yes. other than the lefty versus righty. Right, and I tend to to, to gravitate towards players like that. I, they may not hit above 250, but if I think they're a potential 20 home or 20 steal guy, I think that's valuable. I've had Desmond on winning teams, not this year, of course. He has one steal. Thank you very much, Ian. If but only like I the, knew who got Kevin Pillar in uh, Labor NL. I, I mean, he's been I, terrible. Terrible. <laughs> I know, but that's the same kind of player, though. Like They're yes. going to get chances because of the glove. I, yes, I agree. I tried to trade Pilar and then the guy just stopped talking. I was in trade talks with the guy and he just stopped. Ugh, That's it. It's, it ended. He made the offer. I said yes. And then he changed his mind. Now yeah. we're not talking. Yeah. People, there is no shame in changing your mind and just saying, look, I'm sorry. I changed my mind. I, You're entitled. I've, during this show, I've gotten a trade, a trade offer in a league uh-huh. and it was pulled two minutes later. Now I don't think I would have made the trade. Uh-huh. I don't know. No, I don't think I... I like Sor- Soroka for Fran Mill. You make that trade? Uh, I'd let the needs drive that, that decision. I'd yes. probably prefer Soroka, but... Uh... It is a dynasty. Yeah. I, I, I like Soroka. I think there's a lot of upside there. And Fran Mill is really kind of only a one-category player. Like, he he's just home runs. He's not knocking in runs. He's never going to hit for average. He won't steal bases. Like, he's like... He's going to end up with like 37 homers and 74 RBI, Tristan. Yeah. Something crazy. That's like new numbers we're getting. That's yeah. not like Votto who's going to end up with like nine homers and 40 RBI. But by the way, he hurt his it out long term. back spasms. Votto left the game yesterday with back spasms, which, which happened to him in April. And now I'm convinced that's the reason for the power. Dude, wasn't spasm. he one of the, the guys with back, back-to-back homers to start a game too? Uh, yesterday it was Senzel and Vado. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Because so, like everybody's doing it, it's easy to forget who all the the, the guys on that list are. But I, yeah, I'm not enjoying homers. this. I'm not enjoying it. the home runs. I got to be honest. Like I don't want the 1970s baseball where the little shortstops bat second and bunt. But I I don't like this. Like there's too many home runs, and now like a team that's on pace for the same home runs they had last year when they were like seventh in the league is now like 23rd. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of ridiculous. I like right, 2014 baseball. I did. Um. Yeah, it was just, it's not about what's easier for fantasy. It's just, it's just not as enjoyable to me. Mm-hmm. Like, a pitcher has to be removed at 100 pitches. A closer has to pitch the ninth inning. Um, 
Do you know, they? Do of course they, they don't. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but, you know, the, the managers don't know this. Let's talk saves now. Claris, carousel. The, the Closer Carousel. Ken Giles gets a 10-day vacation. I think that's all it is. It sounds like his elbow injury is not severe. Although, you know, next we could, we could get word on Sunday night that he's out for the year. But um, it it's looks elbow like elbow inflammation, just to be clear. I have elbow inflammation. Like, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. He was pitching through it, and he was pitching really well. I think they're just giving him 10 days off so he can pitch really well in July, and they can trade him. That's kind of what I think. I I think you're right. I I, just, I When I see elbow, I don't yeah, I'm I not know. Gonna lock well, it Actually, in. I get more worried about the forearm than I do the elbow inflammation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, when you especially when you've got the 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 uncertain description of the forearm injury. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, you know, I don't drop him. I, I don't like I keep him a lot. You know, he's not going to pitch next week, and so what? I can right. live with that. Like he's still a thirty-five save guy, and then when when he does get traded, I think he'll be he could be a closer. Like we don't know who's going to get him. If it's a Yankees, he's not. If it's a Red Sox, he is. Like it depends. On who gets Ken Giles, but he's going somewhere. There's a reason why he's been on a multitude of teams already in his career, and it ain't his pitching. So grasping to your point here about the trade candidates, I think this year it's much more likely for the, quote, closers who could be dealt to other teams to go right in as a closer. Because I think some of those teams that make those moves, Boston Red Sox, I'm looking at you, are going to trade for a guy with the the specific purpose of throwing them into the closer role right away. Yeah, but don't you think the Red Sox know better than that Shane Green would be like their fifth best relief pitcher? Yeah. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Shane Green's probably not the guy. I I just read about somebody speculating on Kirby Yates getting traded. If Kirby Yates got traded to the Red Sox, he's their closer. I agree with that. But, man. Ken Giles, he's their closer. Um, anyway, I think, like, we thought it would be, like, be a genie, but he got blown up in the eighth inning yesterday, so it was Hudson getting the save. Don't bother, don't bother with the 77 expansion team bullpens for the next week. <laughs> How about that? No Mariners, oh, no Blue yeah. Jays. yeah. Well said. You don't want Rowenus Elias or Hunter Strickland or Joe <laughs> be a genie. Just ignore them. Strickland had a setback too. It doesn't matter. Like, like, how would you tell the way he pitches? Like, I'm just, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying, like, don't bother with Toronto's pickups in the interim. People are going to spend fab money on on Daniel Hudson. Yes, they will. I'm not. I'm I'm not not doing it. I bet Ken Giles is back in literally ten days. Hansel Robles really underrated. Has not allowed a run in June. He's getting saves. Um, Hector Neris couldn't be more underrated. He's finally over fifty percent rostered. Really good closer and the only reliable Philly relief pitcher. Um, wow, have you seen Blake Trinan's numbers? That whip is awfully high. Yes, yes. Still top five closer to you? Like, I would be selling right now. Clearly, I think he's pitching through an injury. That's what I think. I fear that that's what's going on, and I did take him out of my top five because I think that the – I believe it was eight pitchers I had ahead of him uh, are rock solid, and he is no longer. I mean, trade Trinan for, like, a lesser closer like Neris or Hicks or Robles and a good bat. Do it now. Robles, uh, I do want to ask you two stats related to him. He has a 74% Woba split right now. The other is he's a fly ball oriented pitcher who currently has a an 8% homer to fly ball rate. Do those concern you at all? I don't think he's going to finish with an ERA of 250. However, I don't think he's going to trade it, and I think we've all overrated Ty Buttry. I do. Fair. I don't think Buttry's Fair. getting saves. Look, I, we I keep talking could. about Jose Leclerc and Ty Buttry and who are some other, like, I guess Matt Barnes, but not really. Matt Barnes is really good. Like, I, I we keep waiting for, it's mid-June, Tristan, and we're some, still talking some about Some they're gonna closers. Yeah, yeah, I see, I see, I see your point. I'm done waiting for Jeremy Jeffress was one of them. 
Yes, I moved on from him. It's clearly going to be only Josh Hader. And AJ Minter, who's back. That's different. Luke Jackson gave up a homer yesterday, and although to like the MVP of the league, not, he's not going to win MVP, but because he's on a, not a good team. By the way, stop talking about Josh Bell as an MVP candidate. He can hit 55 home runs and still not win it because he's going to his team's going to lose more than they win. It can't oh, happen. Oh, I, that's another. Oh, I, I hate. Yes, yeah, so I don't like that either. But I you know what? It. Bellinger, if he has an OPS of 1200, is going to win MVP. Or if Yelich hits 60 home runs, you know, like it's just well, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, let's look at the schedule here because we wasted too much time on the rest of the show. That's all my fault. I agree. You know, like, <laughs> as I look for Tristan's affirmation, and I'll never get it, okay? I mean, we've got, you know. I said you had a great question. And what was, and the other was, uh, a, a great approach on the 77 expansion. Yeah, I don't know. I just made that. Richie's Isk! <laughs> literally every producer on this show in, in its history has hated me. And, and now That's we have false. the next one as That's well. That's false. The condescending Kyle hates me. Hey. <laughs> no need of a new nickname. <laughs> Trying to no, kill that's, me here. that's the new nickname. Um, Thursday's slate. Oh, ESPN Plus has a good one. Toronto at Baltimore. Moving on, ESPN has Matthew Boyd and Homer Bailey. That's a fine what one as well. Marcus Stroman, ouch. You don't want Marcus Stroman on your fantasy team. And by the way, when he gets traded to the Yankees in a oh, month, God. you still don't want him. Oh, don't do this to me. You don't want him. Don't. I but, just I just traded for him in my AL only. I, I had three extra hitters, and I wasn't wild about it, but neither the pitching. Death. If you've man, got uh, Paxton in the league, you better trade him now. He's, that's an injury list in any day. His knee. You watch that outing, and I something's know, wrong with Paxton. I know. I, I did watch that outing. Got lit at home. Had no, like, rhythm. You know, like a pitcher sometimes has, like, rhythm. Like, that's why Nick Pavetta is doing so well now. He's going fast. He, he's, he knows what he's doing. He's organized. Like, I know it sounds strange, but like, there's a rhythm when a pitcher's throwing. Yeah. And Paxton just does, hasn't had his last two outings, and I think that knee hurts. So. The eye test part for me when I was watching it is there was the bat against Alonzo where it was a 3-2 count. He walks him. He seemed to be pitching with fear. And, and I think, I think you're onto something. And I'm finding that I'm more likely to trade away players that I think are going to go in the tank soon. Like, there was Sano a couple weeks ago in Tout. Uh, and, and it's, worked so far although i've lost like 15 points in the standings i'm like fifth place now but i'm trading away players like paxton and sano as opposed to trading four players that i think are going to get improved soon because i think everybody knows who's going to improve soon but they don't know who's going to start failing now i could be wrong about paxton i hope i am i don't want to root for injury mm-hmm. it just look, looks like something's wrong um, there'll be a period of time i do think he has some great productivity to you but but right now it's not it and you yeah i'm with you on that potters are at the rockies this weekend john gray on the mound john snow on thursday um, Peter, let's just, just skip right ahead to Sunday. Peter Lambert pitches for the Rockies on Sunday. Uh, does he need to be rostered in more leagues than he is now? It's like 20%. If you want to make the juice, the orange case, all right, but I'm a firm no. I, I just, I, Jason, was it, we I saw was, Freeland and Marquez pitch really well for the Rockies last year. Why can't them. Lambert be good? Because he's not them. He, he does not have their stuff. He's he's nothing like Herman Marquez. Okay. And Marquez has had some struggles this season. He he's one who, if I remember, gave up three straight homers to the Cubs in the fourth of the other game, the, the game the other day. If um, Adrian Sampson pitches well at Fenway today, we're going to reevaluate him. Could be a strikeout guy. Sampson's in the wild card. They're the number two team. Sampson could be their Jalen Beeks. And you know my feeling about the guys who do not cost you the starts against your cap. Samson has been pitching well in that, and so is Felix Pena for the Angels at times. As long as they're being used that way as the followers. Hmm. Samson's starting. Isn't he starting? I thought he was... Tip- typically. But the Rangers are getting creative in that they say the guy is starting, and then all of a sudden they throw the opener in there. Friday night. Uh, what do we got here? ESPN Plus has Kyle Hendricks and Rich Hill. That Cubs-Dodgers series is pretty interesting. Two playoff teams. Kershaw's on Thursday against Leicester. Um... Kyle Hendricks is really good. Kyle yeah. Hendricks is back to being like a borderline top 20 fantasy starter. And Rich Hill, when he pitches, pitches well. 
and he's fun to watch. There's there's very few pitchers that I think are more fun. You might think it's annoying, um, but like watching Hill pitch, like he's very animated, emotional, does stuff with his legs. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his Quantrill. pitches are pretty to watch. Cal Quantrill's at Coors. I wish I hadn't activated him. <laughs> Um, they've been, well, remember though, the, the Potters have been shuffling and that's something you're going to have to just deal with. I mean, they're, they're I wish they that wasn't constant. pitching a course because I haven't in a labor and I, but you could have had him at a different day and then they threw yeah, him back there because of Matt Strom today. Could have, could have, could have, would have, should have, uh, Pavetta and the Braves, Phillies Braves series, a big one this week. Phillies are out of first place. Braves look really good. It's a good lineup. Same lineup every day. Everybody's hitting. They're going to get Keiko back soon. They just got another reliever. Braves are better than the Phillies right now. Yeah. And. I would like to see the Phillies stay close, but this weekend could be a problem. And Penn um, Giles will be their closer on August 1st. Phillies? No, the Braves. I don't know how many people are trading for him. There's, I know. I'm just saying, like, it wouldn't sur- would it surprise you if the Braves closer on August 1st is a, a, a proven name pitcher from another I team? I know you hate Luke Jackson the way Kyle hates me, but I just don't get it. Like, I, Luke Jackson's fine. I have no issue with Luke Jackson, but it might be wise for them to get an, an experienced relief pitcher to throw in there and give him some depth. And if it happens to be one who has clo- the closer pedigree... Saturday uh, day game at uh, Tampa, Charlie Morton, who's kind of a scion candidate. Pretty good pitcher, I gotta say. I mean, Verlander struck out 15 last night. You realize Verlander's on pace to like, like win 20 games, win the Cy Young, and allow 40 home runs. Nobody's ever done that before. I'm quite certain. 40 <laughs> home runs and win the Cy Young. 40 home I'll, runs and do anything. I'll look, when, yeah, I'll look it up. Who has given up the most home runs among Cy Young winners? We got to get uh, Tom. How about how about even like fantasy rosterable pitchers to give up 40 home runs? I'm like not being facetious here. If yeah. you give up 40 home runs, how are you even like? having a decent ERA, but in this era, you can do that, and that's ridiculous. Scherzer gave up 30 last year, didn't he? he yeah, he gave up a ton, and he, and he was But certain. it's okay, because he doesn't give, there's no, like, single, single double innings. He doesn't walk anybody. Like, Verlander's giving up all these solo home runs, three of them last night. I'm wasting time. Here Saturday. you go. What is the, 319 is the best ERA in a 40 homer season. Do you know who it is? Probably yeah. a rock. That's kind of rocky because I don't know. It was a member of the 1962 New York Yankees. Oh well, you know. <laughs> what he that clears it all up. Yeah. Ralph Terry did it. 319. You know what? Era. I was going to guess him next. Actually, you might have guessed Jack Morris, who was the second on that list. I thought about him as well. I was going to guess Ralph Terry. What did he pitch? Did he give up the homer to uh, oh, to win the World Series. In don't go 60? back to that. That's painful. What, was it him? It might not have been him. I, I might be wrong. I think it was. Yeah, the Maz homer. The Maz, Mazeroski homer. I, it was way before our time. Saturday night, uh, you Darvish at Dodger Stadium. I'm still not in on Darvish, are you? Nope. Good. Uh, and then Sunday night baseball on ESPN, Jose Quintana and the NL Cy Young Award winner, Hyunjin Ryu. Um, he, I did, I looked this up. He's averaged 13 starts over the past three seasons and he's already at 13. So he will surpass his average on Sunday night if he makes the start. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and you were, and remember the other day, you're kind of like, could he make 27 starts? And I'm thinking, you know what? Crazier things have happened. He's going to make 27 starts. Watch him do it. I know. It's crazy. Cause he's getting a, an IL stint for being healthy. Like at, at any point. Yeah, imagine that. If the only IL stint that Hyunjin Ryu has all year is the Dodgers manipulation. For bellyache. <laughs> <laughs> bellyache. Hyunjin Ryu. Injured, uh. injured what? Injured I belly. I don't know. Ingrown toenail. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, this show has gone off the rails, and now it's time for halftime. And after that, Kyle Speaks. All right, Kyle. Speak. You don't have to sound so happy about it. 
I want a game seven on Sunday night. Uh, okay. Now oh. you've crossed the- I was just about to say nice things about you after no, you, you said I hate you like You're incapable. Uh, like Tristan hates every Luke producer Jackson. on this show. I don't even know why. Like Tristan and I are going to have to like huddle and figure out why. What are you doing to anger our producers <laughs> I, I on this show? Well, I mean, rooting against my basketball team will start. <laughs> That's a good place to start. I would have oh. rooted even if you didn't root for a team you've never actually seen personally. I'm just saying, like, oh man, <laughs> I've got of, my suit of armor and my shield here, so I'm not. <laughs> a friend of mine actually got angry when I told him I thought the Blues were going to win last night. He's a Boston fan. Got angry. He's just no comment. He he like what do you think's going to happen? I know, you know, what does your analyst tell you? And is I'm he like, just asking for confirmation then? It's not really a question. I guess he was and I was like, well, road teams actually have a better record in game 7s than home teams in hockey. And look at the series, I think four of the seven games were won by road teams. Yeah, the Blues five. dominated on the road and just weren't Blues very good at home. Great playoff on the road. It's a great story. They had the worst record in hockey on January 2nd along with my Flyers, only one of those teams made the playoffs. And um their their coach is a former Flyer and p- coach and player. Um, I like what's happened, you know, the little girl. I like the whole thing with the Blues. It was a great story. And Boston's won enough, okay? Completely agree there. <laughs> we can agree on that. I'm just saying. And now, now, some will say Golden State has won enough, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I want just alienated the entire city of Boston. <laughs> I've alienated everybody, Tristan. It doesn't matter. Producers, Twitter followers, like, it doesn't, you know. Hey, Eric, I've got a question for you. Who would you rather have right now? you got to take in real contracts, real life. Bryce Harper, Giancarlo Stanton. Um, Harper, because at least he's playing. How could you, sir? Like, if you text me and say who's winning the Yankee game today, and I say that not them, like you wouldn't get angry at me, would you? <laughs> well, my friend, forever, like, is like, how can you say that? Bruins are at home. I'm like, uh, yeah, they're gonna lose, dude. That's yeah, that's a little too sensitive. And you were right, so you were right. But I don't gamble, so anyway. Well, hopefully he did on your pick. But we've got some more questions. We're hoping that you guys are right on these. Lewis wants to know. What are you thinking about Brandon McKay and Kyle Tucker as far as redraft value this year goes? Yeah, I wrote about it a little bit today. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is awesome. I think we've made that clear. He should be rostered in 80% of leagues. Kyle Tucker could be just as good, and they can still call him up and figure out first base later. Like, one of them is just going to have to play first base, or Josh Reddick will move to first base. Point is, Kyle Tucker I like a lot. With McKay, he what is it, he abandoned pitching, is it? Or he's going to be a, only a pitcher? I forget. I'm trying to remember. I think he's only a pitcher now because he's not hitting. Right, right. But they're not going to start him. He's going to be in their bullpen like this Pashi guy. Like he's going to be like a seventh inning one out lefty, isn't he? I'm trying. Yeah, I mean, I I think they would break him in in the way that they did David Price. But because of the the dual ability here, I I feel like he's kind of like a gadget player for the team. I don't think there's going to be fantasy relevance this calendar year. I, I, I think that's far fetched. We might see him, though. I I think you want Tucker, and I'm trying to think of, of hitters who are still in the minors and pitchers, by the way, that we really like. Like, forget about Wander Franco. A great story this week by Jeff Passan, but he's not coming to the majors this week. He's 18 years old, people. All right. Kyle Tucker, I think, will be up this year. Bo Bichette will be up, and he'll be better than Kevin Biggio. Um, no on Joe Adele. Luis Orias is probably up next week. You know what McKay might wind up being? He might end up being the the more talented Ryan Yarbrough. That they use him the way that Yarbrough was last year. Uh, okay. Oh, you want a rookie? Hazers Lazardo. Oh, I bet he's up in a month. Him and AJ Puck, both uh, in, I think they're Class A ball, they're doing their rehab now? I think so. I yeah, think, they pitched in the same game. I think Lazardo's closer to the majors, and I think it'll be better. Yeah. But I think if you want a starting pitcher in the minors, it ain't Forrest Whitley. I think it's Lazardo who you want to invest in. If it, we have to take one of these two, though, we're taking Tucker. I'd have to, you know. Right? For redraft value? 
Oh, and, and yeah, and startup in you know redraft leagues, sure. I um, I, I think we're going to see. But if Tucker. I ask you, Kyle Tucker, Kesson Jura, Luis Orias, that's a closer call. I mean, Shaw's yeah. You know, like I keep going back and forth on this. He can hit for power. He's just not. At some point, the Brewers can't mess around. And Orias is obviously better than Ian Kinsler. I don't know if this is for money purposes or because they don't want to hurt Kinsler's feelings. But um, and that's a legitimate thing too. Anyway, I, uh, Arias has the cleanest path, the, the whole path to playing time thing, which I hate to lean on. Tucker, I think, is the best player. Bobichet has the clearest path. Bobichet could yeah. play every day right yeah, now. Yeah, but but you know, you had said those three. If we're going to bring Bichette in, yes, I'd agree that, that Bichette has a, a very clear path. Next. Alrighty, Aaron wants to know based on current value, who are you most likely to trade away of these three? He's got Pete Alonso, Carlos Santana, and Otani. I talked about Alonzo with a guy in another league, and he, he it would take the moon to get him. But should it? Like, I don't think this is going to change. I think what Alonzo is doing is okay for this era. He's not going to bat 220, Tristan. He's going to bat like 260, 265. He's going to hit 40 home runs. I don't look at Alonzo as a sell-high guy. I don't look at Santana that way. I really don't look at any of these guys that way. But if you're talking about who's most likely to get hurt, it's Otani. Even not playing the field. None of them run. Right. Otani might run a little. Right. I, I, I think Otani's value is still a little bit higher than it should be. Yeah, the perception is still there for Otani. And I agree that if you could get the return for him, that's the one I want to part with. If what you're asking is, what's going to bring you the monster haul? It is going to be Alonzo. And the fact that you said 40 home runs means he has 18 more left in his bat. And the batting average, I agree with you. Well, actually, it's not going to regress. It's 254. Alonzo is Reese Hoskins right now. Homer's RBI, maybe a low, but Hoskins ain't going to hit 290 for long. So Pete Alonzo has become Reese Hoskins right away. How about it, that? It, I like that. Walks. I, I do like that. It, the, the only, only quibble I have with Pete Alonzo and watching him, he's great. I, I, my doubts are gone. The 31% homer to fly ball rate. That's not going to, that's not sustainable. Yeah, but you keep saying that and you're, it's not, you're not right. In this it's, era, it I is am sustainable. Right, it's not. It, this is baseball is a golf ball. It's a titleist, Tristan. They can hit fly balls, and Yelich is doing this. You can hit fly ball, home run. I don't agree with you. Then, then two fifty four and forty homers is really not worth anywhere near as much as people think Pete Alonso is worth. It's not. If if what you're saying is true, and yes, I'm I'm I believe it could be. It's not worth that much. I think we have to readjust how we view some of these stats, and home run to fly ball rate is one of them. Babbitt with the hardest percentages is another. If a guy keeps hitting the ball hard, his Babbitt will be elevated. I just, at strikeout rate, it, it, it matters, but not as much as we think. It, it's Everything is different now. These baseballs are, uh, Gerard Dyson hit a, hit a line drive home run in Philly the other day, which should have been caught a hundred feet from the fence. Right. And it just, it was a golf ball going out of the park. He was shocked. So, I, I, I can't believe pitchers aren't complaining about this baseball. I really can't. Like, I know. I've, I've, I had this discussion with somebody yesterday, too. I, it's it's pretty amazing. I, like, I know. Gerard, Jared Eikhoff allowed homers to the first three batters against Arizona the other day, and one of them was a monster shot. The, the, the Gerard Dyson home run was a joke. It's just that I, I don't like it. I don't like it anymore. So To your point, by the way, uh, in history – 21 qualified players have had a 30% homer to fly ball rate or greater. And one, two, three, four, five, six of those have happened this year. So there'll be a little bit of regression to those numbers likely. But you're right. It's it's insane. I it's, see everything you're saying, and it should be right. And three years ago it was, but it's not anymore. 
Fly ball rates are different now. And it's some of the, I think Peter Alonso is sustainable. Give me the number two finish in that category then behind uh, Joey Gallo. Jo- it's going to be Joey Gallo number one, I assume. I, I, with this baseball, Joey Gallo with a little bit of discipline. And Alonso has some discipline. Even You can strike out but swing at the right pitches like Kingery. Like, I, I, I don't know, but I'm telling you, like, it's gonna, it, we're gonna set records in the category. Yeah. Like, 10 of the last 20 are gonna be this year in the highest ever right. in flight, home run to fly ball rate. Cause Yelich figured it out. And right. he, with this baseball, you can get away with it. So 15 guys before this year had met that 30% threshold wall. There'll be 15 again this year. Yeah. You think there'll be 15 total this year alone? I, I, I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm telling you, like. Six guys are there. Six guys. How many are finishing the year there? Five. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all right. And then I wonder that is is are guys like Gallo and Alonso going to be overrated based on the productivity in that one category? Not you know like the scarcity question. They're only going to be overrated if the bo- baseball changes after the All Star break or in 2020. And I don't know if it is. The baseball's changed everything. It's changed how fantasy managers have to view things too. Because mm-hmm. Joey Gallo, I, it's some of its plate approach. Some right. of it's just like every fly ball he hits now is going to leave the ballpark. Front Let me read this. this. is 35%. George uh, this is from our friends at Postmates. When you need red wine at 4 p.m., sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m., and ibuprofen at 10 a.m., Postmate it! Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. Anything you are craving, Postmates can deliver. They're the largest on-demand network in the U.S., and they offer delivery from all the restaurants, grocery, and convenience stores and traditional retailers you could possibly want or need. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you need within the hour. No more trips to the store. You don't even have to know where the store is. Postmates will deliver anything to you. Download the app for iOS or Android for free. Browse local restaurants and businesses and track your delivery in real time. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code FOCUS. That's code FOCUS for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Download Postmates and save with code FOCUS. I wonder if Postmates could deliver me some more power in NL labor because that's really what I need right now. <laughs> Like, like, could they deliver me Pete Alonzo in a trade for Joey Votto and Madison Bumgarner? The guy who has Alonzo oh, laughing at me. He's like, what are you, crazy? I'm not doing that. And, you know, the other guy that has Hoskins, like, wanted to do it. Then, you know, I think someone got in his head and he changed his mind. So well, that's fine. You know, I understand, you know, Madison Bumgarner, you don't want to trade for him. And Joey Votto, like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> what does he have, six home runs now? I, I, does that's he, just because he got hot recently. He has, he has six homers, the, the ball, week. all yeah. the ball. I mean, seriously, if he has six home runs. He has six home runs. With yeah, a imagine ball. where he'd be if this was 2010. Yeah, we are out of control in this game. <laughs> the 2010 version of Votto would have 50 home runs. Sure, sure. That's what you mean to <laughs> but say. But no, if the 2019 version of Votto was playing in 2010. Yes. Oh. Two homers. Yeah, he w- wouldn't homer at all. Uh, am I wrong? How many homers does Votto finish with? He's got six now. Oh, jeez. 15? 12. 12? I mean, like... I'll go over 12, but not by much. I... Uh, hey, look, I've lost leagues before, and I've lost that league every year. Never won NL Labor, and I'm not going to this year. I'm going to finish second, but that's okay. It's fun. It's competitive. Like, look, would you rather finish second every year or finish eighth to 12th? You'd rather finish second. I, of course, I want to win, but... 
Yeah, know. but what? So the question is: over a ten-year span, second every season or first once? I haven't done that. I finished second actually five of eleven years. Okay, so in five-year span, you can have one title, you can and all last places, or, um, you, or know, you can have second. I'd rather I, have one title, but five seconds means you're a better player, in my opinion. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you can win a league title by being lucky, right? Especially in football, but you can't in baseball and basketball. In real life. I would rather like like the Phillies they won in 08 and then after 11 they finished last every year. That was good. That's fine with me. Okay? Yeah. I won a title. I got to go to a parade. It was awesome. Yeah. Real Even life titles, 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 titles. Like you can't be Boston. Okay? Like but if you like if you stink for a 5-year plan but you want a title that's okay. In fantasy is that what you want or do you want to compete every year? I th- I kind of think I might be wrong. Like look, I'm not 25 anymore. I, of course I want to win a title, but it doesn't mean as much to me now. I'd l- I'd rather finish second every year than than win once and finish last every other year. I think I think it makes you look better too. Well, well, it depends. Th- yeah, agree? there you go. You're you're bringing up the context question. If second is paying out, I, I don't care about that anymore. I, I it matter. I'm gonna this is an expert league. It. Nobody's winning money. Like right, that's the thing. I'm not losing to a guy I dislike. Is is a, a good guy. I like him. You like him too. He's gonna win. That's okay with me. Like Gardner beat me that year. That's okay. Wait, I like. So who's Steve. leading you? A DVR, Van Riper, he's great. Oh, yes. And, you know, he's, one of our yeah, friends in the industry, good great guy, yeah. good guy. Yeah. Um, but, but, look, is it too late for me to win? Of course not. I can still figure out a way, but he's got, like, 15 points he can gain. I, I, I need power. Nobody's trading it away. We're, we're giving the kudos to the leaders in that, so I'll uh, give kudos to Brian Walton's leading Tower Wars. Uh, my, tout, my tout league is Scott Swinney, who I don't know all that well, but I remember during the auction thinking, he's having a great auction. I wanted to have a balanced team. I spent big money on one hitter, one pitcher, the two Astros, Verlander and Bregman, and that was it. I had a really good balanced team. I left the, the auction thinking I could win, um, and I looked at Scott Swinney's team, and I'm like, he can win too. That's a really nice balanced team, and in the last two weeks, he's picked up 20 points on me. Now he's in first. Now, that's going to change. But he's not the guy who got the player that you were mad at me for bringing up I don't even during remember. the break. I don't even remember who that was. He's a junior. Oh, Tatis. No. Remember, we were talking about that. You're like, ah, I can't believe I didn't bid more on Tatis. No, he we didn't think, think, we he, didn't think reserve, he was making didn't the he? team. He might not even be bid on. Yeah, I think I could have bid on him instead of, uh, I don't know, we're wasting time. What's next? Okay, yeah. Billy wants you to help him out in Dynasty. He wants to know, Eloy, Vlad, and Tatis, where do you rank them in Dynasty, and how close is Austin Riley to entering that tier? The, the problem with the last 10 minutes is Tristan and I don't talk on the phone enough, so we're talking on the phone now <laughs> during the show. That's basically what we're doing. Um, Eloy, Vlad, Tatis. We haven't had our mandatory lunch in, uh, in, in enough time when we're doing this. Vlad right. and Tatis. You can, you can make the case for Tatis because he's a shortstop over Vlad, and he'll steal bases. Like in a dynasty, you can make that case. I almost want to make that case. I, nothing has changed for me in, in viewing Vlad. The fact that he hasn't hit 300 already. Look how, how hard he's hitting the baseball. I think he's the highest hard hit rate of anybody in the league, isn't he? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going to rank them. Oof, I'm going to rank them Tatis, Vlad, Eloy in that order. Austin give, me Riley, that, give me that order. Uh, Tatis first, Vlad second, but you'll probably do the opposite. And then Eloy third. I'm going to have that Astro kid, Alvarez, right with Eloy. I'm going to then put Paddock. Austin Riley is the last of that group. I think Austin Riley is a 30-home run guy. I'm a little bit scared. You're going to chastise me for this. I'm a little bit scared that he might do a Jorge Soler, that he, the batting average and the strikeouts are going to make this a problem. And 
but he, the power is unbelievable. But are you a little bit scared of Austin Riley that that's a 35 homer guy who bats 250 every year? I think you're dead on there. I, I'm a little alarmed by the fact that he's funneled all of his skills into hitting for power. This is the this was the fear that I had with Pete Alonso. But I think Alonso is a much more complete hitter than I was expecting he would be. Riley, there's not enough of a track record. I am a little scared. I agree. So Tatis over Vlad, is that crazy? No, it's not. And and uh, you're not going to go wrong with any of these three players. I still prefer Vlad just because, to me, it was uh, I've seen more of Vlad. That you know, so I hate to make a decision based on eye test. I think Vlad is a super megastar MVP caliber player. Maybe that's what Tatis is too. I want to make the case for Eloy over Tatis at two. I can't do it. Short and speed, you know, shortstop, stolen bases. I can't do it. It's got to be Tatis over Eloy. I'm with you there. And and I don't. I'd have a hard time quibbling with your your order of Paddock and Riley. It's probably smarter for me to keep Riley because I prefer the hitter. I just don't want to keep the pitcher. But yeah, I can see it. And Paddock over Soroka. You wanted to know the the, the hard hit rate leaders? Yeah. Gallo's at 58%. Yelich, 54 Goldschmidt's a fraction behind it, 54% as well at third. Bellinger's 53. Rendon's 53. Freeman is 51. Christian Walker, 51. Donaldson, 51. Meyer, Will Myers, 50. Vlad isn't qualified for the list. Uh, let me see if I can get him in a qualification list. All right, let's Don't, ask the next question yeah, the while next. you're doing that. All righty. Kurt... Notes that the Rockies play 16 of 22 games in a stretch late August, early September. How does that impact the non-star Rockies in your rest-of-season ranks, you thinking, specifically Dahl and Marquez? I don't think it does. I mean, obviously, we look at schedule, mainly for football. But in baseball, like, have the Rockies played that many more games at home? No, they played the same amount. One one more road game than home game right now. So it evens out over the course of a season. And a head-to-head, like, do I make a trade? Do I trade away Marquez because of that? No. he's No, I don't. I don't think it matters to me. It probably matters to Tristan. That's why he wins leagues. Did, would it change your approach? No, it's nuance. It's simply nuance. Uh, if you can, at that period when you get close to that time, get a rocky player who is close in value to another player that you're dealing with in your trade talks, by all means, go ahead. But I'm not making any rash, radical decisions based on a slighter, heavier weight. This happened last year, too. I think the Rockies had a very heavy home schedule in September. I could be mistaking it for two years ago, but this comes up a lot, and I think it gets overstated. All right. Anything else? We've got one more question here. We actually got a ton of questions on Michael Chavis. Yeah, I knew that was good. Regarding what his value is the rest of the year, given the slump here. So I'm thinking we got a little name game. Everybody wants to hear a name game. Hidley hodley. Diddly doolittle. What? The dilly of a pickle. Diddly doodly Ned Flanders. Dilly wall. The dilly of a pickle. I say diddly doodly da da da. The dilly of a pickle. We can't do the drop. With all the dilly delight birds. It's a dilly of a pickle. Come on. Dibbly dibbly do. Whatever, you know. That's an even dillier of a pickle. You just dilly dallied your way into another thing. Got a name for you. I'm Sultan of Stat. Bro Stat. Dog Stat. I have kids of Stat. Hamster of Stat. Wife Stat. Goldfish of Stat. <laughs> Mrs. of Stat. Something's wrong with you. Want to play a little game of Trash Tristan here? Tristan, trash is Tristan. Yeah, 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 it all went bad. Are you singing that? We're having an intervention. I uh, really was singing it. <laughs> we still need to have that intervention. The problem with doing this name game on Chavis is he's eligible at second base. He's really just a corner guy. He's a 25 to 30 guy who bats 260. 20, a home run guy who bats 260. That's how I view him. 
But but when you add the context of second base, it changes things for me. So like we could compare Chavez. I'll do it right now versus Hunter Dozier. I will take Dozier versus Miguel Sano. I will take uh, Chavis versus Austin Riley. Riley. Um, are you on board with those? Or you you got a different guy? No, I think I'm on board with those. I I like Chavis more than most because I have him on a couple teams because I I feel like I was right about him. Not a, not a good reason just because you have him on a few teams. I'm not a, not a good reason, but like I feel like he's going to keep playing. And not every rookie hitter who's great right away and then has a bad month is bad the rest of the year. Right. He's not Kingery last year. He's going to make adjustments. The power is natural. There's some plate discipline in that he's not, not going to walk at a 10% rate, but he knows what to swing at. He's not Michael Franco. So I do think that, that this guy can be rosterable for, for the rest of the season in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like if you say to me, like versus other first basemen, like Justin Smoke, or like third baseman, like Will Myers. Right. I, I like Chavis. I think this Yandy we, Diaz. In fairness to both sides, we must bring up that he has a 20-game homerless streak, during which time he's 197 slash oh, yeah. 269 slash 254. And do you know what the K rate is? Yeah, it's bad. 45%. Yeah. No, look. I, and I'm with you. I, I, I do believe there needs to be patience. I will tell you that he is the guy that is one of my extra hitters in a lot of these cases. Nobody wants any part of him whatsoever. Yep. And Could be a buying chance. It's a it's like looking at your rankings, and this might adjust. But versus Dansby Swanson, middle infielder, Swanson versus Derek Dietrich, I would take him over Dietrich, wouldn't you? Maybe not. I I I would, and and I might be horribly horribly wrong there. I'm not. I really am not sure what to make of Dietrich the rest of the year. I do think that will be a trade ship. I think you, Dietrich you will to, be a trade ship. You need to drop Michael Franco like a hundred spots in your rankings. Um, oh, I know. Yeah. La Stella. Oh, I I haven't checked La Stella's June metrics. Uh, Still hitting for power. Yeah, there there was something that that flagged when I ran the report last week that that maybe hesitant to put him up near the top one hundred and fifty overall. I I feel like it is La Stella barely here. Like I would take. <sighs> it's close. Chavis versus Ryan Braun. Like I. Ugh. Right. I don't trust Braun in the in the playing time situation and and the the health history. Do you? No, of course not. Not only does it sit twice a week, but there's a DL stint any time for him. Give me okay. To, 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 let's put a number on it. What, homers are. Uh, give me give me the batting average homers RBI for Shavis the rest of the way. Two sixty with five homers a month. Okay. Yeah. Like that's a that's a thirty home run guy who bats two sixty. And and don't underrate the tri eligibility there. I think he's first, second, third. But look, the last five weeks have been terrible. And if you want to drop him, go ahead. I'm not sure. telling you what to do. Drop Votto. Drop Josh Donaldson if you want. I have no like high hopes for that guy. That crazy guy. So I mean, fine. Move on from these guys who just aren't putting up numbers. I just who are you adding? Like are you, like if you're adding Didi Gregorius or Howie Kendrick, who's a monster, is a legit monster bat. <laughs> go ahead. Swanson, Jeff McNeil could win a batting. Jeff McNeil might literally win the NL batting title. Nobody's talking about it. Jeff That's McNeil a, is coming up the Daniel Murphy kind of way for the Mets. And he is a three thirty hitter. Mm-hmm. He Jeff McNeil's going to bat three thirty this season. He is maybe only twelve home runs, but he's right. going to bat three thirty. So if he does the Daniel Murphy launch angle project in about two two and a half, oh years, my god, yes, ooh. you want him, and I have him in our in our dynasty sim. Um, anyway, we've wasted time and the music stopped. Um, 
Look, I might like Chavis more than everybody else, and that's fine. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'm just it's not okay, a I'm national wrong. kitchen what? klutz or whatever that today's day is. <laughs> All right, we've this is the longest show ever. We're, I'm gonna get fired uh, for this. All right, good. All right, hey, it's uh, Turkey Lovers Day, uh, day on Sunday. Turkey Leg Lovers Day. People couldn't believe that I forgot the word leg. Um, oh, I'm not forgetting this. On Thursday's Baseball Tonight podcast, Buster and Joel Sherman talk about the Braves' young core, the Madison Bumgarner trade market, and more. Plus, Twins pitcher Jake Odorizzi stops by. Not literally, but find the show on your favorite podcast app. That's all for today. Thank you so much for listening to our little show, The Fantasy Focus Baseball, with Tristan Cockroft, league winner, with Kyle Soppy. So condescending. An editorial watchdog, Tom Carpenter, doesn't need to say a word, but we know he's there, judging us. I hear you breathing. Judging. There, he said a word. You can do the darkness now. I'm not doing the darkness. Thank you all so much for listening to our show. Please have a great weekend. Game 7s are awesome, and so are you. Everything is awesome. Kitchen Klutz.